Welcome to the Grace World Podcast. I'm Dan Hewitt. And I'm Becky, his wife. This is episode 40, and today we have a special guest. This is Greg Rockwell, brother of Becky. Becky will be out today for unspecified reasons. <laughs> so well put. we also call him Uncle Greg. And I'm the uncle. Not the good, the bad. No, he's the non-judged <laughs> uncle. Hopefully non-judged. <laughs> not, there is no judgment here at all. It's and a so, pleasure to be with you. Yeah, so Greg's been, uh, actually, I have actually hung out with Greg longer than my wife. We yeah. kind of hung out before I got involved with Becky, and uh, we did stuff. We did do stuff. We did stuff in the day that involved cars and music and... Skiing. Skiing and... Moose on a rug. Moose on a rug. Greg was in a band. band. Moose on a rug. I did sound for it. And you played a little guitar. I did play guitar on that, did did I? Yes, I guess I did. Yes, you did. So... Anyway, we have a lot of experience. Greg's been kind of keeping up with what we've been doing here in the Grace World podcast, and so he's going to jump in today and just kind of uh, both talk about what he's, uh, some of his thoughts on where we've been at, and we're just going to see what happens today with right. that. Yeah. And if we get desperate, we're going to make references to <laughs> 1980s and 90s movies or something, right. and uh, that's about it. That's about it. So, Greg... What's been new in your life in terms of what you've been learning? What has the Lord showed you recently? Lots of interesting stuff. Regards to relationship with yeah. God. It's so impressed upon me lately, mostly about uh, the Adamic curse. Uh-huh. If I'm pronouncing Adamic right. Sure. Adamic. Just say it authoritatively. <laughs> That's right. It's the Adamic curse and the fix Mm-hmm. Of that, that brings us into relationship with God and Christ and the Spirit of the tri- uh, Trinity. The Trinity. And the mm-hmm. perichoresis involvement. Yeah, so you're reading that book on perichoresis, which is, uh, what's it called? Jesus from Adam? No, what is it? Adam and the, undo- uh, Jesus and the undoing of Adam. The undoing of Adam. Yeah. That's it by C. Baxter Kruger. Right. Very small book, but. Wow. It's taking me forever to get through it. Yeah, it's one of those books you kind of go, wow, I, <laughs> I can read a, read a page or two. Exactly. And... I read a paragraph and then I digest. <laughs> and then I read a paragraph and then I digest, almost to a sentence level. Yeah. It's... Some of the uh, impactful ways it changes my view of relationship with God. You know, it's more, it's no longer a, uh, what do we call that? A penitentiary, uh, not a penitentiary. Penal. The penal substitutionary is uh-huh. not the goal at all it's not to save us from the depths of hell it's to bring us into relationship with god mm-hmm. and that relationship and what it looks like is so very different than a lot of the views i held growing up yeah because uh, like not i mean not going to hell is a good thing but that's that's <laughs> important and there's a value yeah, there's value there but that's such a t- tiny oh, understanding of the picture oh, it is. of it's what so God is. is really trying to do, which is relationship. Right, because and what good are we? <laughs> Honestly, what good are we apart from God? I mean, well, cannon fodder, basically. Well, he, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, right. he wants us so badly 
to be in unity and to be in them, mm-hmm. the Trinity, be in, not just in him, but in them, yeah. uh, to, to realize that we are in the kingdom of heaven already. Yeah. And what that looks like. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's, it's, uh, it's life-changing. Yeah. So, yeah, there's a lot of verses where we kind of bleep over about, you know, our involvement with God. I mean, good grief. Go read John 15, 16, and 17. And, you know, Jesus talks about, as the Father loved me, so I loved you. Mm. And, you know, most of us go, yeah, okay, he loves us a lot. It's like, <laughs> hello. You want to, okay, so the same way that the Father loves the Son. The son loves you. Yeah, by that, okay? So he loves you, right? And then there's the whole 316. Yeah, for God. Love God. So love the world. Yeah, cosmos. So whole- something that's going through my life right now is the importance of every single human being. Mm-hmm. Past, present, and future. That's yeah. every single one. Because we like loved. to divide into groups, don't we? <laughs> yes, we do. So like we'll go and do... You know, first it's we got to divide Christianity from every other group and mm-hmm. about it. So that's versus them. Well, then mm-hmm. once we get in that, it's like, well, it's those Catholics versus the Protestants. Right. <laughs> oh, those darn Catholics. <laughs> and then if it's <laughs> once we're into Protestantism, we got to divide over which denomination you're in. Dang, right. Presbyterians no, or the Methodists or the it's Baptists. evangelical or nothing. The stinking charismatics <laughs> and oh, whatever. No. We always Holy find rollers. ways to complain about <laughs> right. somebody else and to diminish the value that God has given them. Now, we're not saying everybody has great ideas, necessarily. Correct. Some people have some bad ideas. But that's not the point. Right. The point is they are absolutely loved and right. adored by the living God who is pursuing them, and he wants to have the same relationship to us as we have with him and as the Father has with the Son. Yeah. In fact, it's interesting. I had my pastor just talking to him the other night, he said, he kept asking God about that verse, you know, as the father loves you, or as the father loved the son, so the son loves him. Mm-hmm. And he was like, God, how can that be? I don't understand how you can love him like that, but then love me too. And he kept asking God, what is this? And says, finally God answered him and said, because I only have one love. Mm. Mm. <laughs> right. I don't have different degrees or levels uh, that you have to attain. Right. I, go, right. I don't have the big love for you and the, <laughs> right. the small love for this other guy and the, well, okay, right. I'll, I'll tolerate you if I have to put yeah, up with the, you. That's love. an insight right there. Yeah. That's a word, man. It is. It, it's is one of those like, well, that's what God does. He loves. Mm-hmm. And we are from such a perspective of that division mentality. I mean, everybody, even outside of Christianity, everybody's has tends to, I won't say everybody, but tends to have a division or an other mentality and they don't view it as God's out there loving everybody. He wants to draw all to himself. Right. That's his goal. We have different levels, right? We have friendships, acquaintances, work associates, family, all different levels of love, right? Yeah. I don't love my work associate the way I love my son. Right. Right. But <laughs> God, God does. He doesn't have that. <laughs> he doesn't have of, that. Right. It's like I got my Facebook friends, and then I got my real friends. Right. You know, it's, uh, and then some of my real friends are on Facebook friends, don't, so don't right. read into that. But yeah. it's, uh, yeah, there's no difference. Greg loves that, you. Greg yeah. still loves you, even if you're on Facebook with him. That's right. Yes. But it's 
it's God doesn't have that differentiation. Yeah. And that's a word right there. That's kind of a, yeah, and I think there's a lot of these things where we don't, as we've gone through, this is our 40th episode, and as we've gone through these, it's not so much that we believe differently, it's that we're starting to actually believe what we say we believe. Grabbing it. Yeah, it's like you get hold of, oh, does God love, you know, God so loves the world. Mm -hmm. You know, we bleep over that stuff. Mm -hmm. God is love. God is love. We throw that right over there. Oh, yeah, he's love. Well, except he wants to smack you around. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Right. Eh, Unless I sin, and then he wants to, you know, torch me, and, you know, and then Unless I confess. Then I'm out of fellowship, and then (laughs) they, yeah, and then you won't hear my prayers, and et cetera, et cetera. Okay. Every little sin puts a divide between me and him. Every little sin. So you've got to confess to knock those sins away so the divide is gone. That's what I was taught so long ago. Right. And there's a hint in there that's correct, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, if I sin, God's still there, mm-hmm. but I become insensitive to what God is saying. Sure. Right? Sure. So it's, we, we think of it in terms of God is separating from us when, in fact, it's us becoming insensitive right. to listening to God. Joe Hesh yeah. had a big saying when we did all of our youth conferences back in the 80s and late 80s, early 90s, and he said, if you feel distant from God... Guess who moved? Yeah. It wasn't him. It was us. Actually, he moved, too, because he's still next to you. <laughs> That's right. He keeps moving <laughs> with just, us. You just think that he... Right. It's our perception. <laughs> yeah. Omni-transportational. That will be a right. new a new omni for him. Yeah. He's omni-trans... <laughs> yes. Omni-something. Yeah. Anyway. But... But, yeah, that's that's a thing, man, is how much he loves us. Grasping that, what it looks like in your life, in your daily life. So how's that impacted your interact? There we go. Oh, I'm going to have to do practical application. Yeah. Um, I'm going to put you on the spot. I, Becky asked me questions like this, and I just go, oh, I, I don't right? know. I, I it's so, when you're going through something with somebody, and you feel like, oh, man, is this worth it? Is it, you know, it's some very tough stuff, but then you realize how important that person really is, mm-hmm. you don't just look at it like, oh, well, you know, this or that. You you, you go, wow, that person's important. I'm going to do everything I can mm-hmm. to make that person feel like they are important. Okay, that's good because, like, we can view people in the sense of roles or puzzle pieces of, oh, well, you're in this part of this life, and, okay, i got to deal with you for this thing, and i got to see you for mm-hmm. that reason, and... You're at my job, and you're at my doctor's office, and mm-hmm. you're on the bus next to me, and I don't give a rip, or you know, whatever. And instead, from a relational perspective, I start seeing everybody with a different light. Yeah. That, oh, it isn't about me just dealing with you at work for work. Mm-hmm. You have value intrinsically. Yeah. Because of who God says you right. are. It's like dad. Never, never looked down on a single person. Mm-hmm. He was always friendly, um, helpful, whatever that person was, whoever that person was, a waitress, bus driver, it doesn't matter, a gas attendant. He was always striking up a conversation with them and always yeah. talking to them like they're a person. Yeah. Not like they're a waiter, not like they're a gas station attendant, mm-hmm. but a person who's valued and loved. Yeah. What kind of impact does that have on that person? I'm guessing it's kind of, kind of a thing. It is, and it has an impact on you. Mm-hmm. I there's a let's see, was it my brother gave me a book called The Fred Factor, and it talks about people in leadership and how they treat the various people in the organization. Mm. And I, 
I'm going to do, I have a terrible idea, thoughts of how to summarize any of it, but I just remember some vague idea in there of basically you can tell a lot about a leader by how he treats the people at the bottom of the organizational structure, Mm -hmm. you know, and Mm -hmm. a lot of that, I think part of the story was that this leader learned a lot from the janitor or the custodians and other people who just learned about you know, saying, hey, what have you seen in the area? What's going on down at this level? And actually treated them as people and of having value. And that's a reflection on who that person then is or becomes. Because you can say, oh, I want to be a great leader. I'm going to do all this stuff. But if you view the battle, yeah, if you view the lowly people <laughs> at the bottom as just, well, these are the stepping stones right. towards my greatness. Right then you're not really a great person. Well, you're not a leader, not an effective leader. Right. You're a leader. You're a, a Di- dominator, dictator. I guess. A dictator, <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of other words, but it's not leadership. You know, it's interesting. We're going into the leadership, taking this taking this, uh, this trail here. Um, I've got a group at work, and I'm kind of leading them unofficially. Mm-hmm. And it's it's amazing to see the differences in leadership styles um, because, you, you know, you ask them their opinion – and their input, and if you deem it valuable, then you have them do it. It's empowering, right? Yeah. And guess what? They feel cool. They feel good. They want to be a part of it. Yeah. Instead of just telling them, okay, here's what I expect. Here's how I want you to do it. Every little detail, mm-hmm. instead of doing that, say, here's the end result. Give me your ideas. And so, wow, did we go on a rattle trail here? But right. the whole point of that, bringing it back to, is the uh, importance and value of each and every person. Yeah, well, actually, I'll connect the two there. Part of the reason people like to uh, lead by pushing, the opposite of what you just said, mm-hmm. is they have a fundamental fear of who they are, and they feel like, I have to say everything and I have to be the pushy guy, and I have to be the guy that dominates in order to have that self-esteem or personal value. Mm -hmm. Whereas somebody who really knows who they are says, my job is to relate to these people, to have them each have value and position Mm -hmm. and appropriate responsibilities and appropriate input, and when they have that, I grow, they grow, we all grow. You know, it's not a zero-sum game where if they get ahead, I lose. It's yeah. we all grow, and we all do it together. Right. And I think that's a understanding of who you are. Well, no, that could be an example of perichoresis. Yeah. That's We're <laughs> all growing together, right? We're yeah. in one with the triune. We're in one with God, Jesus, and the Spirit. And we're growing together, right? Yeah. They're experiencing what we're experiencing. Yeah. And that value, I think, is 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 good in our daily non-kingdom world, which I don't want to get into, is it it's, non-kingdom, is it kingdom? But yes. I mean, you know what I mean? Right. So I think that's kind of a thing. Yeah. I think that's truly amazing and wonderful. Yeah. I mean, because it always keeps coming back to, because obviously if God designed the universe, there ought to be some key things that w- keep repeating over and over, oh, sure. and the key fundamental ideas should be true always. Right. Right. True is truth, regardless of the observer, or the era, or the era, <laughs> or the time. Yeah. I <laughs> well, mean, it wasn't real. true back in 1850, but it's true now. Right. Oh. Yeah. I was thinking about that. Actually, that was another conversation I had last Friday with uh, my pastor. Is how oh, I don't know, decades past, the church was much more harsh 
you know, we didn't, it wasn't very relational. Seemingly. Yeah. Or at least, I mean, there was some great churches. And I, I yeah, I don't ever want to be too general and just kind of hack everybody. Because you got to think there's got to be right. some. Right. There was some good places and some good stuff going on. But, but, but I think historically a lot of it was came from a much harsher, it was about the theology, not the relationship, was mm-hmm. often the focus. Mm-hmm. You know, and I was talking about that, and I said, well, maybe it's because if you look culturally, if you go back to the 1800s, the 1900s, even back to the 1700s, uh, relational stuff wasn't really a thing. Right. <laughs> You know, if you needed a therapist, you were sick and you (laughs) you went to the big house and they put a jacket on you. Right. You know, there was no, hey, let's go, you know, in the 1800s when you're in the middle of the Civil War getting shot, there was, hey, let's talk about our feelings. (laughs) How do you feel about that cannon coming? Yeah. You you know, how do you feel about these people? You know, yeah, they didn't have PTSD doctors, you know, after that. Yeah. You were just a miserable wretch for Uh the rest of your life, you know, and that's how it was. And I think. People just was kind of a, a suck it up. Life is hard, mm-hmm. or there's difficulty. Here's here's structure for a better life, and mm-hmm. those are again they're they're not untrue statements, but they miss the richness of there's God and there's some other stuff in here that is much more relational and intimate that we miss right. when we focus on the doctrines. And don't ever take I'm a I used to have yeah. a nickname. People called me Doctrine Dan. Doctrine Dan. <laughs> so, yeah. so that's absolutely. I I think doctrines are critical, and we should understand what we believe, and we should be able to articulate our positions. I think maybe it helps point us in the direction of relationship. Right. But you also need to be able to, yeah, you need to be able to tune those babies. Mm-hmm. As you understand relationship and understand them from a context of relationship, okay. right? So, like, right. if I go back to the thing we started with, God's immutable. Well, you know, did we talk about this before? Or Not immutable. Immutable. Um, yeah. well, I had, I Omnipresent, got, omniscient. Yeah, you got, I got all these attributes. You know, the you know, maybe they're true or mostly. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm not gonna. And I think generally speaking, so. But if that's what we focus on and view God as. And we view him as a stack of attributes. Mm-hmm. They may be true, but I miss the richness of him. Right. Them. Them. Of who they are. That's the thing, too. The them. Right. The them is so important and that is so op- often left out. Right. Because we value often, of them. Yeah. Right. Most of our theology is God is mm-hmm. this. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, that's. There's three in there, and <laughs> That's right. they're not all the. And this is the weird thing, right? Because the all of them are equivalent in the sense of they have a they're they're equals, but they're not mathematically equivalent. Jesus is not the same thing as the Holy Spirit. The right. Holy Spirit is not the same thing as the Father. Right. Yet they were all co-equals in the relationship. Mm-hmm. They all have a role. They're all different yet they're all in harmony and unity sure so you can't have unity if everybody's the same that's just sameness or redundant that's just redundancy that's redundancy right god is not yes the department of redundancy (laughs) department Department. (laughs) so god is not redundant he is uh he has unity Mm -hmm. and unity requires differences in order to be unity (laughs) otherwise it's sameness that's right bringing bringing together the differences is what creates unity right yes 
a thing we could use a little more in our society. Right. And not going so down that rabbit trail, but. Because yeah, I'll tell who needs to change to <laughs> be. Right. You need to me. be more. You need to think more like me, and we'll have unity. That's right. <laughs> if you would just be like me, all our problems would go away. That's right. Yeah. So. Yeah. But unity with the triune, and, and the, again, the perichoresis world, and that word, man, I, you have brought that into my. You've you've helped me understand the concept of perichoresis, and not knowing that word. Right. And I'm not educated. Uh, institutionally you have been institutionalized no, <laughs> maybe some people would say i need to be but uh no i mean it's it's, it's such a, a an unused unheard word in my right. circles of i haven't heard it unit. until this year there or you go. the last year right yeah and it was it wasn't a word that was used in the original church it was a, the concept is there so it's mm-hmm. not like somebody made something up right it's, it's just they came up with a term you know it's sure. like you know I'm shredding. Well, does that mean shredding was invented? You know, it's like, no, that just means I described something which has existed. Right. You know. Right. And I think the first use of the word was in the 300s, and then it kind of got more as a actual um, theological written down in books in the 700s and mm. stuff. But it wasn't one of the ones that a lot of people used commonly. So. Right. I think it either fell out of use or just people didn't talk about it or whatever. So well, we don't like big words these days. Yeah. Oh, well, that's, there's that. <laughs> how you? How about you just say we want to be in relationship with the three? Yeah. Instead I mean, of perichoresis, because right. that and word it, scares me. It's a sh- well, it's a shorthand <laughs> for a whole description, which is, is what most big words are. That's right. All the medical terms are really a shorthand yeah. of some gastritis. Yeah. Well, my tummy hurts. I have yes. Epi- <laughs> you have. Epi dermatitis, yeah. I mean, sure, yeah, whatever. The itchy, dry skin. Yeah, there <laughs> you go. So you got it. Yeah. So that's an interesting uh, little thing there between leadership and connecting that back. Yeah, so. you know, and, and going through the stuff. It's been an interesting year. Mm-hmm. Uh, very emotional year. Yeah. Uh, starting starting in December. I'm yeah. putting December in 2022. But I don't look at years. It's pre twenty twenty. Right. I mean, I don't say, early. well, twenty twenty one was a good year because of this. Or, I, right. I don't tend to do that. Mm-hmm. I don't tend to look at a new year as a new start because Christ is our new start. Yeah. You know, every day. Yeah. So. Yeah. So yeah, and it's yeah, we can mark calendars and all that, but mm-hmm. we can get hung up on time blocks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So we don't. So. so I don't anyway. And so, yeah, going, looking back and, and uh, being there with my dad mm-hmm. in his final moments, just some life-changing stuff has happened mm-hmm. in the last month and a half. Yeah. And not the least of these is the better understanding of how God loves me, how and loves us and loves my family, and how much he wants to be involved in our life and experience mm-hmm. what we're experiencing grieve when we're grieving laugh when we're laughing heal when we need mm-hmm. healing yeah um i've seen that a couple times and it's just just some yeah depth of knowledge of his love mhm i guess that's i guess that's where i'm at and trying to pass that on yeah with as many as i can and I, to me the the barrier to entering into that i think is uh, as a lot of our theology has been distance, 
you know, distance of, from God, that God is separate or I'm not worthy or all these different things mm-hmm. or that God's mad at me or that I have to deal with some stuff before I'm acceptable to God. All mm-hmm. those kind of things get in there. And so there's such it's such a mountain of baggage that we never get an opportunity to say, I just want to hang out with God. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, right. And right. oh well I've got this and I gotta give that up and I got you know I have to change this. I have to I sin too much or I did this or I haven't been a good enough person or gosh, you name it, or I haven't done enough great stuff, or I haven't witnessed enough, I haven't been a missionary, I haven't done this. And all the focus is on if I can do things or if I can eradicate things, then maybe I can kind of approach God. Mm -hmm. And it's just such a horrific lie that has (laughs) kept... such a lie. ...that have kept people in bondage and away from God and all the things that he wants to do with us. And the reality is we just have to get a new mind. We have to recognize right. that's all crap. Renew, just, renew the mind, man. That's a thing. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Right. This is God's to show God's good and perfect will. Mm-hmm. So what do we need? We just need to get our, our brain right mm-hmm. with what God is saying and doing. And as such then we can enter into what he's accomplishing. I mean, because then the rest of the stuff's going to flow out of that. Right. All of the things that you think you need to change and all of the things you think you need to fix and stop doing this and stop doing that, that all flows from that. Yeah. You're going to stop doing that. You're going to, you're not going to, you're not even going to think about it. Yeah. If you're thinking about what God wants for you, you're not thinking about whatever it fill in the blanks in here. Yeah. Right, and in fact, you know, I, to put it a different, the way I used to describe it more, which I still actually like to describe, you either walk with the Spirit or are you walking according to the flesh, your mm-hmm. own old ways. Mm-hmm. And we think of repentance as I have to give something up, I have to do something, blah, blah, to somehow get back to God. And it's really not. It's just I need to ch- The word for repent and repentance, by the way, is a horrible, horrible word. <laughs> Because the Greek word is metanoia. Meta is kind of the alternate, the other, a different. Mm-hmm. And noia is your mind or your right. brain. And it right. literally means get a different brain mm-hmm. or mind. Mm-hmm. Change your mind and see things differently. And I know we do a lot about that. We use it as the turning. If I have to turn back to God. And it's really just saying, I need to put my mind back where it was. Mm-hmm. Because we think, well, if I repent, that means i got to do all this stuff, and then I can be back to God. It's like, no, be back to God. You're there. Right. Now, see if he wants you to deal with something. Mm-hmm. He might. You know, Ask him, he'll tell you. Right, because it's one of those, like, let's say I you know, was cruel and mean to somebody or did some nasty thing. Sure. Okay, so the typical idea is, oh, I have to go to apologize to that person. I have to take care of this. I have to do this, and then I'm... Then I will get back to God mm-hmm. after I have done. Then I will have done my penance, mm-hmm. which is unfortunately repentance is kind of based on that. Right. And then I can get back to God. And it's like, so what you're saying is I got to go work in the flesh, do fleshy works yeah. by myself to go fix a problem so that I can get back to God. Right. It's like, well, that's nuts. It's like, no. Because <laughs> you can't. Because you can't. It's like, go back to God first and then say, hey, I kind of screwed that up right. really good. What should I do to take care of that? I and mean, then his God love is say, a performance-based. Right. And not. then he says, 
Let's do this. I'll even lead you into a solution. Of I'll how even to take fix care it, it for you if you want. Sometimes he just says poofo and fixes right. stuff. Sometimes he says, hey, why don't you go clean that mess up? Right. But I'll tell you how, and I'll be with you. I'll hang out with you while you're cleaning the mess. I'll guide that stone that's aimed at the giant's head. Yeah. If you feel like you're going after a giant right. and you think, God, there's no way I can do this, he's got you. He's yeah. got this. But you got to pick up a stone. But you got to grab the stone. And you got you to swing it. And you got to be willing to face the giant. you got to be willing to walk up against that giant that's and right. say, all right, here we go. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, so. that's choice. You know, that's choice stuff. Right. But all of this goes back to do we operate, and here's this using the words like nearness and distance, mm-hmm. do we operate that we're trying to get to God so that we can eventually do something, or do we operate of the fact that I am already with God mm-hmm. and then operate out of that? Mm-hmm. Everything, my attitudes, my heart, the things I'm doing, my leader, the, what he's leading me to do, it all comes out of that. I'm following that. Yeah. As opposed to, I'm separate, different, far away, mm-hmm. all those kind of things, and then I spend my time trying to get right with God. Right. Because guess what? <laughs> you're not getting right with God based on what you're doing. <laughs> you're already there. You're not man. fixing. You're not fixing the problem. That's right. You know, and that's always the you're problem. You're just creating more distance. Right. With all this religious ideas of I'm going to, you know, repent or I'm going to do all this stuff and I'm gonna. It's all you doing your works to somehow try to please God with your junk. Mm-hmm. And God's looking at you going, that's cute. <laughs> that's, <laughs> oh, really? look how hard he's trying. Bless he's, his heart. Yeah. <laughs> Bless his heart. He's so precious. He is, you are precious. And that's what yeah. he says. And he's like, would you cut it out and just <laughs> shut up already and, right. and join what we're doing? Right, right. Yeah, you know, join what we're doing. That's right. the thing. That's yeah, and it doesn't mean we don't care about sin. Like, so a lot of people think if you're teaching grace in this relationship, you think sin doesn't matter. It's like, no. It's like, first of all, if you're in the relationship, you won't sin. Actually, in First John, it says, if you walk according to the Spirit, you will not gratify the lust of the flesh. Mm-hmm. Guess what? You won't sin if you're walking with God. And that's a promise. It's a promise. That's right there. So let's say you do sin. You do things wrong. Okay, again, talk to God. What do I do about it? Get back in line. Talk. You know? And how are you going to get back in line? How do you get back into that relationship? You talk to him. Yeah, you say, wow, that was dumb. You pray to him. Right. You reach out. You cry out to him. Yeah. He's sometimes, listening. Sometimes you just say, wow, I'm a moron. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. What was what, I which, thinking? Yeah, what was I thinking? You know, oh. just a little example of driving down the road the other day, and I'm and I'm mad at somebody, and I'm get right back in my head. Go, whoops, God, where'd that come from? Sorry, man, I didn't need to be mad at that guy. I didn't right. need to yell out, "Come on, moron!" You know, because he doesn't. Well, you maybe know? in that case, it's probably appropriate. It might be. That's why Jesus came in the year zero. It's <laughs> so, because he wouldn't have to drive. <laughs> you kidding? The road rage back then was that's crazy tr- with well, the chariots and the arrows, and that's true. You heck. probably get shot with an arrow. <laughs> Somebody you cut somebody's you. chariot off, they're going to pull over to the side. You're going to have a fight. Yeah, that's true. All right. <laughs> yeah, huh. anyway. Well, let's see. What other thoughts yeah. you got on this? Anything? Just more of more of staying in the course. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's a great, I think that's a great starting stay, quite a statement right there. Stay in the course of relationships. Stay mm-hmm. in the course of, yeah, I'm talking to God. He's talking to me. That's that's the course. Mm-hmm. If you stray, you just get back on. Yeah. 
because it's easy for us, especially when we want to see change in our lives, mm. for us to get a little twitchy because mm-hmm. we don't see the changes coming or we don't see what God is doing. And then it's like, oh, I better jump out and start doing this myself mm. and fixing my life and all. I'll start manipulating things to get what I want. Because he's not acting quick enough. Because he's not acting how I want him to act. And so I decide I need to get some things going, and I mess things up. And so then I have to go back, and then it's like, yeah, God's like, okay, let's try again. Better wait. Yeah, but then we get twitchy. <laughs> the twitchy. Itchy. Twitchy and itchy. It's like, yeah. you know, you're on meth. Gotta get, uh, uh, uh. <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, I can't stand the notifications on the apps on my phone, right? I got to clear them right away. So when I'm asking God, okay, I've got this relational problem I've got to deal with. I mean, I got want you to deal with, which means I really got to deal with it. But I want you to deal with it, but I really got to deal with it. Yeah. I got to show the... What do you call it? It's more than patience. Uh, what's the word? Something. You, you just have to wait. Yeah. You just have to wait for him. To... That's my favorite word. Oh, jeez. We're wait. Americans. We don't wait for anything. I don't think anybody likes waiting. <laughs> That's true. It's no matter what American culture thing. they're in. That's true. <laughs> we want it. And we, some people are a little more patient, but I think in general people kind of got what they want or they want it now or right. pretty darn close. I think maybe that's where faith comes from, right? Yep. You're building that faith by trusting that it's going to happen. And if right. the longer it goes and then it happens, there is a faith builder. Right. You know, I've had situations where it's happened at the very last 11:59 and 59 seconds uh-huh. where God has answered that prayer to the very end and that's a real thing, man. He'll make you wait sometimes 11.58 in one second. Oh, no, I think God sometimes but waits till sure? 2 in the morning <laughs> he sure after the wait. trauma happens. Says, Watch me fix this. <laughs> sometimes. After, right. after the train wreck already happened. Right, right, right. I'm going to come back here, and I'm going to show you how I'm still taking care of this, even though you <laughs> think right. midnight passed and the deadline passed. Well, I'm just going to strengthen your faith, Yeah. which, again, draws you closer to the relationship right. God wants you to have with him. And this is what's hard in faith, or that, the waiting. Um, there was a study done on drug use and really addiction in general. And basically, a, the more a drug is addictive, it has to do with how quick you do the drug versus how quick you feel it. Mm. So the closer that correlation is, the stronger the addiction is. So now think of that in reverse. What's faith? I'm doing something, I do an action, but guess what? I don't get to feel the rush Mm. sometimes for a long time. And so my brain has a really hard time correlating the action with the result because sometimes that takes a long time. Mm -hmm. And so it's kind of the opposite of addiction. Mm -hmm. But if we continue in it long enough, we'll start to see that correlation of, oh, I really can trust God. Mm -hmm. I really can see what he's doing, and I really can trust that what he does is good and right and faithful. Mm -hmm. That's right. But it takes time. stuff. And sometimes we get twitchy and (laughs) (laughs) mess it up real good. (laughs) The eek (laughs) oogs. Yes. Yeah, and mess it up real good. That's true. Yeah. That does happen. But, yeah, faith. It's been a thing. Yeah. So, and we disconnect those because what's 
because also, you know, like everything, we can get legalistic on faith. Well, I got to have faith to make God happy. And it's like, <laughs> it's like, no, faith is saying, I'm here in the dance of perichoresis, mm-hmm. and I'm trusting that's a good thing. He's going to make it all right. He's going to do what right. he said he's going to do. If he talks to you and tells you he's going to do something, you kind of right. got to wait for him to do it. Right, and circumstances, I, I will see circumstances, but I don't necessarily see them change in the time frame I want. Right. But that faith is, I have to rest, and that's the big thing. I have to rest in that relationship. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Bring right? in the As rest. opposed to patience, right? Because mm-hmm. patience can sound sometimes like, okay, I'll put up with this. Mm-hmm. I mean, it can sound, I don't think I'm that waiting, really is. I'm waiting, I'm waiting, I'm waiting. And I don't think that's really what patience Impatience. is. <laughs> but I think true patience is, I can rest knowing that God is going to take care of this. Yeah, that's the thing. Waiting and rest. Yeah. And I think that's really when... That's a word right there. Wait and rest. Yeah. That's one I'm still learning to do. Yeah. Is the waiting and rest. Mm Mm-hmm. The waiting part, okay. Waiting and rest part, mm. (laughs) That's... It's twitchy, get a little get, hairy. Start to twitch. <laughs> Start to twitch. <laughs> <laughs> get that, uh, is it that pink panther twitch in the eye? <laughs> yeah, the, <laughs> the, pink... the villain with the eye twitch. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Here's our movie reference. There we go. I had to get. I figured I had to get something we got in here real in quick here. Right. right. So, what nineteen? What movie do you think best that wasn't intended as a Christian movie? best shows the character of what God is accomplishing. Oh, man. <laughs> There's an on-the-spot moment. That's um, his, I'm watching him struggle. He's starting to twitch. Yeah, there, there's, a, there's a few. Um, I, I, I got to go with Holy Grail. Okay. I, I, I got to say, that you one. know, where God calls you to do something and he's going to and he's going to give you the power to do it. He's going to give you the tools to do it. Uh-huh. He's going to give you the coconuts to do it. And <laughs> you're going to be able to ride that coconut horse all the way across the to the castle Arg. Uh-huh. And he's going to reward you for your faith and values. There you go. I don't know. You put me on the spot. I had a hard time coming up Actually, for it. I what saw you? something in there. Actually, in the Holy Grail, I thought there was actually a theology in there that I used to kind of cringe at. But it's where, you know, they actually meet God, and then they all start saying, oh, I'm not worthy. I, <laughs> right. I'm so... Right. And, and God's like, shut up. Right. It's, it's like those miserable psalms. <laughs> They're so depressing. It's always, I'm not worthy of this. I'm his, and, and I'm... And I found it was like, wow, that's probably one of the most accurate representations of God one. there recently that it's like, no, yeah. God's like, can you quit with your whining? <laughs> and I'm not worthy stuff. You're worthy. You were yeah. yeah, there you go. Your Wayne's World reference there. Yes. When they're we're not worthy. bowing down to Alice Cooper. Sunday school teaching Alice Kerp- Cooper, I might add. That's true. And he saying is. they're not worthy. And he says, get up. You're worthy. Yeah. Actually, one of my favorites is actually Galaxy Quest. Oh, okay. Because it's a group of actors who are, you know, it's kind of like a pseudo Star Trek sure. show. It's, you know, it's oh, a yeah. satire on star trek and the fans and all this stuff but they ultimately get called up by aliens and guess what they step into their true identity which is what they thought they were but they had a fake identity and they get brought into no you really have you really are the warriors the commanders the crew people the fighters and all this stuff Mm -hmm. and it's like that's what god's calling us into is you think you have this identity. Oh, I'm a teacher. I'm a doctor. I'm a lawyer. You know, and it's like, no, I'm going to have you be 
somebody who's a healer. Mm-hmm. You know, not saying doctors. I, I'm all for doctors and healing. Of course. But it's a higher identity. It's not just a doctor. It's well, your kingdom. I heal. It's your kingdom yeah. identity. It's your kingdom right. ID card. Yeah. It's not, I'm just a teacher. It's, I will give you words. I will give you the prophets. Mm-hmm. I will tell you. I will show you what God has for you. Mm-hmm. You know, and there's so much higher where we're, what we view ourselves as having ordinary professions. Mm-hmm. He says, I'm going to bring you to a greater thing. Uh, that is a much truer identity of who you are, which is a child of the living God, fully purposed in him to do the kingdom things. Well, that's true. That's true. And you can be a tradesman. Yeah. And you still can do anything as long as you understand who you are in Christ. Right. Then work and enjoy what you're doing. Live live your life, what you're doing. Um, warehouse guy, it doesn't matter. Uh, supply clerk, it doesn't matter. And your trade brings value and sure recognize your value in just even doing sure your work has meaning. Because I think often we, especially when you're at lower paying jobs, mm-hmm. you just think of it as, uh, you know, right. complain and whine. It's like, no, just do your stuff heartily as unto the Lord. And understanding who you are will really change your attitude at work. Right. Who you are in Christ and who the relationship you have. Right. Not that you can have, but that you have. You just have to see it. Right. And so, yeah, I could definitely go on on that one for another half an hour (laughs) probably. But uh, we're kind of getting late here, so I'll have to... We'll have to get kind of wrapping this up a bit. So this has been fun. Yeah, this has been great. I yeah. think um, it's just another opportunity where we get to see who God is. And I Pretty and again, so. I want to challenge everybody every week. Is like talk to somebody about this stuff. Mm-hmm. I don't care who it is. Talk to your dog and explain <laughs> to your dog what you're learning and what God. My parakeet. I mean, think it through. Yeah, talk to your parakeet. <laughs> if you have a parrot, it can talk back. There you go. You know, so teach them important doctrines and <laughs> relational <laughs> words or something. Talking to people, you're right. But not to convince, but to grow yourself and to say, I need to be able to think through some things mm-hmm. And understand what God really thinks and what God really wants his relationship with me to be or my relationship with him to be. Right. What does that really look like? Yeah. And it's like, yeah, spend some time in that. Like a lot, all the time. (laughs) A large part of your day. There's a lot of publications and good books and stuff out there that will help point you in that relationship direction. But you do, yeah, and there's a lot of great ones we could recommend, but I won't write it this minute. Sure. But it's when you get them, you still got to wrestle through them and actually think through, what are they really saying? Is this good stuff? Mm-hmm. How does this get me further down the road of what God's doing or does it? You know, there's some great stuff out there, mm-hmm. and there's some garbage books yes there are there's great teachers and preachers out there and there's ones that not quite so not left they are less so that's right so and uh learn to be responsible we actually talked about this on friday at church you know people will get nervous because they'll read a book by a guy that's got a phd in theology and it's Mm -hmm. like well who am i to disagree with him i'm Mm -hmm. like well another guy with a phd disagrees with him so and another guy with a phd disagrees with that guy use your god-given gift of discernment man. right and start saying well 
you know what? Everybody's got an opinion, but you are responsible to actually own yeah. your opinions and ideas and to own your relationship with God. It's not easy. Yeah. And it's like you may have to wrestle a little bit, but it's okay. God's there to do it with you. Right. Because he actually wants you to end up with him. And he's and pretty strong and he's got a lot of <laughs> he's got a lot of experience in that. He's been there, yeah. He's been there, been done there. that. He has a he, lot of t shirts. He knows how to help you. Yeah, right. So that's awesome. Well, yeah, this has been great. Yeah, I appreciate you dropping by, and I actually gave him invite. I gave him a whole what an hour, <laughs> an hour and a half something. Heck yeah! I said, hey, want to come do this? And he said, sure. Shoot, yeah. So here we go. This is great. And so yeah, in fact, we'll try to do more of this kind of thing on a regular basis of some guest having hosts. some other people along. Yeah, could um, be fun. Because we want to get your opinions. So, speaking of your opinions, send them in to podcast at grace.world. You can call us at 833-85-GRACE. And you can go to our website, grace.world. Please subscribe. You can also, sometimes there's additional information. Sometimes we write a few a little extra articles in there and so forth. And then, of course, you can see us at True Grace World at all the standard uh social media platforms and we just thank you for being here and they hope to see you again next week so be blessed and have a great week